Holy God, there are days where the wind is loud. There are days where the rain tears through the trees and the storms of life beg for our attention. So just as you stilled the wind and the sea, still our wandering hearts, quiet our restless minds, reach out your hand to us and pull us into your word so that we might hear, really hear, your message to us today. With one foot out of the boat, we pray. Amen. So our first reading is with Psalm 22, 23 through 31. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. For he did not despair or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him, indeed, shall all who sleep in the earth bow down, and before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him, future generations will be told about the Lord, and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. We live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. Thanks be to God.
Our gospel reading for this morning comes to us from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Listen for what the Spirit is speaking today. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up by himself, went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord of living waters, you save us from the flood of violence and despair. Reach out to us when faith is weak, when we are going under, and make us unafraid to walk with you through Jesus Christ in whom we are raised. Amen. A quick show of hands, anybody here ever walk on water? <laughs> Me neither. But I did ride a wave runner one time, and it did not go well. <laughs> I had just graduated high school, and my older brother uh, was managing a children's summer camp on Geneva Lake in Wisconsin. And my parents and I went to visit him there, and they had this wave runner at the camp. And Nathan told me if I wanted to go try it, I could do that. So one evening, I took it out for a ride, and the water on that lake, which is often quite fierce, was just dead calm. There was not another boat to be seen. And I went out a ways and watched the sunset, and it was just incredible. And just before I was ready to head back to camp, I had this idea that I should take a swim in the middle of this giant lake. I mean, when else was I going to have the opportunity to do that? So I turned off the engine and jumped in the water and swam around a little bit with my life preserver on, realizing swimming by yourself in the middle of the lake really isn't all that fun. So got back on the wave runner, and wouldn't you know what? The engine wouldn't start. Uh-oh. Well, by now the sun was down, and it was getting dark quickly. 
And I was in the middle of this giant lake and still no boat to be seen. And the only way back to shore was going to be to swim. And so I would push this wave runner as hard as I could in front of me and it pushed me back in the process. And I'd swim up to it and just sort of inch my way towards shore. And before long, it is completely dark. The only thing I can see are lights on the shore, which is still a long ways away. And I think it is the only time in my life that I cried out as loud as I possibly could, help! No one answered. It can be scary out there on the water. And there are times when walking on it would come in handy. The story of Jesus and Peter walking on the water usually gets interpreted as some form of inspirational message about how we should take bold risks for God. In fact, in the early 2000s, there was a best-selling Christian book entitled, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. Anybody remember this book? Yeah, I I never read it. Um, But the description on the back says this, You're one step away from the adventure of your life. This book invites you to consider the incredible potential that awaits you outside your comfort zone. (laughs) Read that this week and thought, is that what this story is about? Going on an adventure, getting outside of our comfort zones? It doesn't read that way to me. Matthew tells us that Jesus made the disciples. It's a strong word. He forced them to get into the boats to go to the other side of the lake, to leave him alone, and then he dismisses the crowds. And so once again, we see that Jesus prioritizes contemplation and solitude. Makes me wonder, was he an introvert? I'm guessing he probably was. I don't know. But I do know this. Jesus doesn't say yes to everyone. He isn't afraid to send his friends or the crowds away saying, Okay, kids, party's over. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Jesus does not always put other people's needs ahead of his own. He is not the giving tree. He has limits. He has personal boundaries, and he holds to them. Even if it disappoints people, even if it puts them in danger, which is exactly what happens here. The storm arises after the sun goes down. and I can't imagine how scary that must be to be in the middle of a storm at night. The Sea of Galilee is over 30,000 acres. It's huge, and storms can come upon you quickly, and this one lasted all night long. Well, by morning, Jesus walks toward his scared friends on the water, which is weird, to say the least. By now, we're used to seeing Jesus do some incredible things, but this is, this is next level. But let's remember all the things that the disciples had seen Jesus do to this point, right? They've seen him cleanse a leper. They've seen him uh, raise the dead, heal a paralytic. They've even seen him calm a storm on this very sea. So now, in their moment of need, they see someone walking toward them. And their first thought isn't, it must be Jesus. He's come to save us. No, they yell out, it's a ghost. I love that. Because we're exactly like them. 
We're told by self-help gurus, by spiritual teachers that, you know, we need to, we need to count our blessings. Got to do those gratitude journals. Anybody do the gratitude journal? Got to remember all those good things God has done for you, which is all fine and good. Go for it. But the truth is, when the chips are down and fear takes over, suddenly we forget everything we know and we revert to worst-case scenario thinking. And it is easy to make fun of the disciples. But we're no different than them. We are fearful, forgetful people who no matter how many times God has come through for us in the past, we still revert to thinking that the worst is yet to come. Now, if I were Jesus, hear my friends crying out ghost and say, hey, dummies, it's me. Get a hold of yourselves. And thankfully, I'm not Jesus. Because he says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. You see, when we are fearful or foolish, God does not shame us. God does not yell at us. No, God has mercy on us and assures us that she is present, which means that our fear is now optional. Now, this would make a great end to the story. But our guy Peter speaks up, and he says something that I'll never understand. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. I have questions. <laughs> For starters, what? <laughs> okay, Peter, what if it was a ghost and you say this to the ghost and the ghost says, okay, come on out. <laughs> what then? What is Peter thinking? Why does he think this is a good idea? The others in the boat don't tell him to do this. Jesus doesn't tell him to do this. He comes up with this gem all by himself. And I wonder why. It is hard for me to not think that Peter is showing off here a little bit, which I can relate to. See, I want people to marvel at my faith. I want people to think that I'm the very best boy. My worst case scenario thinking often involves how maturely I would respond to tragedy. Yeah, those are my fantasies. Now, I told you last week that I was annoyed when my older brother told me that I was like Peter because I find Peter so embarrassing. I see his flaws every time I look in the mirror. Peter embarrasses me because, like him, I like to show off. And I feel so foolish when things don't work out as I planned, which is exactly what happens to Peter. Of course, he gets out of the boat. He walks on the water. Lift off. It's amazing. And he moves towards Jesus. And of course, this is a good moment for Peter. He's like a star that burns brightly and quickly. <laughs> and when Peter sees the, 
strong wind, suddenly the fear takes over and he starts to sink. Like Ron Burgundy jumping into the grizzly bear pen, Peter says, I immediately regret this decision. (laughs) And finally he says something that actually makes sense. Lord, save me. Save me. There's no showing off in a prayer like this. It is honest. It is raw. Which makes for the best kind of prayers. Asking for help when you're in trouble is one of the bravest and hardest things that you can possibly do. There's a reason that it's step one in the 12-step process. Admit that you are powerless. And I, I hate doing that. Because the last thing I want to be seen as is powerless. And yet when it comes to matters of the Spirit, without divine help, we are all sunk. And so Peter prays this most sensible of prayers, Lord, save me. In Anne Lamott's book, Help, Thanks, Wow, Three Essential Prayers, she writes, There's a freedom in hitting bottom in seeing that you won't be able to save or rescue your daughter, her spouse, his parents, or your career. Relief in admitting you've reached the place of great unknowing. This is where restoration can begin. Help. Help us walk through this. Help us come through. It is the first great prayer. So Peter prays for help. And he receives it. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him. What if God isn't waiting for us to take bold and courageous steps of faith? What if all God really wants to do is save us? Now, salvation is a word that the church is normally reserved for forgiveness and life after death. But notice in this story that neither one are present. (laughs) Peter isn't forgiven. He's rescued. He isn't promised life after death. No, he is saved from death. The church's vision of salvation has been way too narrow. What do you need to be saved from today. The need to show off, that self-condemnation, loneliness, perfectionism, fear, whatever it is, the good news is that in every circumstance, God is reaching toward you in mercy. That's what grace means, that God is coming toward you in love In those times that we feel most scared, embarrassed, and alone, God is assuring us, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. At some point, we all need to be rescued. After pushing my wave runner in the dark, I cried out again as loud as I could, Help! In the distance, I heard a voice say, Quietly, did someone say help? And a sailboater who was out 
sailing in the dark night, found me and brought me aboard and took me and the wave runner to shore. And we left the wave runner there on the beach. I said, I'm just going to walk up to the road and head back to camp, which I did. And I was much further away than I had thought. By the time I made it back, I wondered if anybody noticed I was gone. (laughs) Turns out they did. (laughs) There are rescue parties going in both directions along the shoreline. My father, who's here today, was at the end of the dock, calling my name as loud as he could. And when my mother found me and saw me, she responded as only she could, with tears, with anger, (laughs) and relief. There I was, rescued from danger. Beloved, God is ever ready to rescue us, to bring us home, assuring us that even in our darkest moments, we are not alone. And when we cry for help, God is always reaching a hand of mercy toward us, saying, take my hand and I will walk you through this. Don't be afraid, for you are more loved than you will ever know. Amen.